Welcome to the Mental Health and Faith, A Closer Look podcast and YouTube show. I'm Carolyn Cooper, and here I hope you will find encouragement for life in this complicated world as we talk about mental health, wellness, our recovery journeys, and living as a Christian with a mental illness, as well as other topics. And I always welcome your comments, questions, and even suggestions for improvement or for additional topics that you'd like to hear. My contact information is in the show notes. So thank you so much for being here and enjoy the episode. September is Suicide Prevention Month, and my first guest for this month is a man who has some personal insights on suicide. His name is Oscar Destruge, and he is a retired pastor. He pastored for about 15 years, but before that, he had a career in the financial industry. You'll find his story fascinating, encouraging, um, and beautiful, and I'm so glad he's here to share with us today. So, Oscar, I'd like you to first uh, introduce yourself a little bit more, and we'll get going. Thank you, Carolyn, and thank you for having me here. Uh, my name is uh, Oscar Destruj. Uh, I am a retired pastor in the United Methodist Church. Not that important, but um, I was born in Ecuador, came to the United States at the age of 10, uh, had to learn a new language. And um, prior to 1989, uh, I was a shy, introverted, technical person. I, I was a techie, uh, a geek. <laughs> and, I <am> too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I found uh, in, in my mid-20s, I found an opportunity to uh, acquire quick wealth in real estate. I went to church out of obligation. I didn't know Christ uh, as my Savior. And in church, I often fell asleep, especially during sermon time. But real estate in 1987, thanks to the Tax Reform Act of 1986, it took a dive. And with it, all of my hopes, my dreams, and savings. I was emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. I was married with two beautiful kids, but anxiety filled me and led me to months of sleepless nights. And um, just to tell you a little bit about my story, the father of lies, the devil, made me believe that I was a bad provider, useless as a husband, bad father, never home also bad employee or and investor you know i was i was a trainer in, in investments but i myself was a, a bad investor and pointed to my half million dollar life insurance as the honorable way to solve everybody's problems i almost acted on that lie uh, <clears throat> i almost threw myself into the junk pile um however very close to uh, to that uh, to that event a friend invited me to a three-day spiritual retreat where I had a personal uh, encounter with Jesus Christ. And on February 28, 1989, the Lord saved me and freed me from all of my anxieties, my fears. And that's when I discovered that in spite of my um, low self-esteem, I, I label myself as a low self-esteem survivor. Yeah. And... Uh, that in spite of that, that God loves me, that my family loves me, and I began to accept myself as I was. And um, since that wonderful day, the the Lord uh, took me out of uh, out of the despair and uh, set me on new heights, uh, 
I was a musician also. Didn't tell oh. you. I uh, played <laughs> and I played the the played the guitar and the bass in a in a local band. Uh, so weekends, I was an entertainer. So the Lord used music, uh, allowed me to use music as uh, as a stand to tell about my new relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, well, so, Oscar, I want to ask you a question before we get too far into into more of the story, because I think it's really important for people to understand that while you were going through the despair mm -hmm. and, and the depression and the desire to just end it. In mm -hmm. order to be a good provider, um, how was your family responding during this time? I, I found that my family was very supportive. Um, they uh, they realized that we were in debt, we were broke, we were probably going to lose, you know, not just the house but also our house uh, where we lived. That we were going to be homeless, uh, mm -hmm. and um, so on. On the uh, outwardly, I appeared confident smiling always as a musician as an entertainer I, I assured everyone that everything would be okay but in the back of my mind the two-year suicide clause was ending on October mm -hmm. 8 1988 and that's the date that I was that I was ready to take my life oh, well. and um but, but God, Lord, had a, God had a different plan. God had a better plan, yes. Yeah, much better. Um, and, and soon after that, I was invited to that spiritual retreat where I met the Lord. And uh, and since then, uh, things got so much better. Um, life is still a roller coaster. Being mm -hmm. a Christian doesn't mean that oh, things are going to be you know, dandy candy and uh, that you won't have troubles. Uh, of course, yeah. we all know Jesus told us we will have tribulations. But the stress is now manageable because we know that in all things, you know, God works together for, for the good of those that love the Lord and that we know that he has good plans for our lives. And so I can face struggles. I can face bigger debts now and, and not worry about a thing because that's not important. Yeah. There's a wonderful new resource that I know you want to talk a little bit about, and that is the 988 suicide and crisis lifeline amen yes go ahead and, and share your thoughts on that the 988 number um my brother passed away uh, january 15 2022 oh. and um he suffered from he was a manic depressive schizophrenic and um he had attempted two times to commit suicide and uh, and the way that he uh, he died um we don't know exactly, you know, how it happened, but we know that it was a tragic car accident. The <clears throat> I'm sorry. That led me to that led me to get out and and talk to people in my congregation and my community. That if you feel lonely, if you feel uh, that you don't belong, if you feel like hurting yourself, um, if you have any bad thoughts about yourself. You know, know that God loves you, and and I put out a message out on uh, on YouTube. Know that God loves you. Uh, God has good plans for your life. You are valuable. You are not junk because God doesn't make junk. And if you feel like hurting yourself, call you know call the church office. Call me. I gave him my personal uh, cell number. Uh, but more importantly, you know, call the. Uh, um, the suicide prevention line, the 988, 
and and that is so important that people become aware that you know all you have to remember is when somebody appears to have doubts about themselves they might be giving signals of uh, mm -hmm. of suicide or of, of hurting themselves i remember uh about six months before my attempted suicide i had disclosed a little bit to my parents and i said to them you know i i don't want to die but i do wish that I could get maybe hit by a car and be in a hospital for three to four weeks with no responsibilities at all, just laying down and not having to think about it. And my parents said, oh, don't even say that in joking. Um, but people that are thinking about suicide, they send out signals, hidden signals. And so if you hear them, be aware you know, that 988 is, is yeah. available, that pastors are also you know, ready to help individuals. Uh, if you're a young child, uh, tell it to an adult so that they can get the you know get you get help for your friend. Uh, but the worst thing that we can do is stay with our hands folded, and because yeah. we're going to regret having known a little bit of a of a possible fact and not having done anything about it. So that's to me that that's a very important issue. And thank you for for raising. Right. I I agree with you completely. When I started to focus on the what I call the eternal perspective mm -hmm. really made a huge difference in my life too and you know because there is something better for us after after this life but Amen. Amen. God has a place for us here and now but there mm -hmm. is a better place waiting for us mm -hmm. so thankfully God got you to this retreat mm -hmm. you received Christ your life changed and you were a new creation and what happened next? What types of things did God pull you into that maybe were unexpected? Well, immediately, um, God made me a Bible, uh, you know, a Bible study uh, disciple. Ooh. I studied the Bible fervently. Um, in my office, he opened my eyes and allowed me to see little signs of people that were looking for faith. And uh, as I walked around the cubicles, I saw, oh, a sign of crosses there. And I began speaking to them about my relationship with Christ. We established, uh, I established a uh, fellowship and prayer group that met uh, once a week at lunchtime for prayer and fellowship. And that gave me the confidence. Uh, I was never a confident person, uh, you know, shy. Uh, I never wanted to be in, in the focus of attention. But having been the initiator of this Bible study and the teacher, uh, because I studied, uh, I studied everything. It it gave me the confidence, and and it's uh, it opened my eyes to see that the people that seem to be on the outside doing very well really lacked confidence in themselves and God. They didn't know God as well as they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And um, and that led me to think about becoming a pastor. Um, okay. The okay. first time, though, <clears throat> when, uh, when the Lord was calling me to become a pastor, my wife said, you know, the children are small. They need you. We need you here. Uh, her family, um, they have pastors in her family. So she knows what it's like mm -hmm. to be a pastor's wife. Yes. And she said, right now, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. We we can't afford that. So 10 years later, the Lord called me again. And uh, this time the kids were, you know, older and, you know, almost near college uh, age. And uh, so I asked again and and she she approved. And uh, Oh, that's great. 
Do you think in that 10 year period that God was equipping you or training you in some way uh, or just oh. teaching you patience? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Uh, the first month after I came, um, I came out of my retreat, I prayed to God that he would give me an opportunity to to study the Bible. And I said, Lord, while while you're listening, uh, if you would remove this fear that I have of speaking to people and also of getting um, physically, emotionally, I mean, tears, you know, uh, when when things seem to be going well, uh, Latinos are not supposed to be uh, sensitive to those issues. And I said, God, you know, that's not, that's not manly. Can you remove that? And the Lord is so clear. He gave me a song. I'm, I'm a musician. And he mm -hmm. said, things that you ask, my son, are already within you. Your strength lies in your tears. And your music is your platform. Mm -hmm. so go beautiful. and plant the seeds of love. And, um, and that... That gave me the courage during the next 10 years to go and plant uh, and uh, not worry about myself. My pastor at that point also said to me, he said, Oscar, you have to just remember, don't be nervous about speaking. You're just a messenger like the mailman. You get up, you deliver the message, and then you get down and you get out of the way and let God do his work. And that gave me so much confidence. Um those 10 years, definitely God was preparing and equipping me uh, to become a pastor. So I'm wondering, as someone who is an advocate for mental health awareness, how did that mental health side of things affect how you served as a pastor? Well, <clears throat> or did it at first? I, I believe that it did. And, and that's a, it's a wonderful question. Uh, one of my first experiences uh, with mental health and depression came when uh, when a woman uh, who is a very strong believer in the church uh, became a grandma and mm -hmm. the baby was born with down syndrome and i went to that house and she was broken up in tears you know why would god do this to her and my reaction was god must love this baby so much and i know that he that he does love him because he put the baby in the most wonderful and caring and loving and faithful family and grandma such mm. as you so that you would love and, and, and give him all the care that he needs that's beautiful um so i've i've always been a, a positive person um and even even as a young individual before i knew christ I always looked at the positive things, um, the positive side of unfortunate things that happened mm -hmm. or that are happening. And and so uh, my um, as, as a pastor, I, I always try to um, uh, to bring in the positive aspect that, you know, one of the teachings that I that have held for such a very long time is that God is is the master composer. God is the master craftsman. Mm -hmm. He doesn't make junk. Everything has a purpose. Uh, people often ask, you know, why was this person born born blind? Was it because he sinned or or the parents sinned? And and Jesus said, neither be, it's for neither reason, but they were born like that in order that God be glorified. And uh, and so in my ministry, I always try to help uh, people understand that 
God doesn't create junk. God is not uh, instilling us to, uh, causing us to sin. Um, sin comes from the devil and sin comes from not knowing and not being close to God's word. Um, to wrap up, mental health has, has been a key ingredient, especially as it applies to individuals that are on the lonely side that were like me, I would I would immediately recognize them. Someone that stands in the corner doesn't want to make eye contact, and and so we approach them and become friends and let them know that, you know, no one is perfect. Uh, none of us uh, are individuals. We all feel bad about some aspect of ourselves, but but God, you know, made us the way we are, and God loves us the way we are, and uh, and we have to love and accept ourselves, and maybe even. Uh, I, I often tell individuals, uh, or told individuals, I'll still tell them, that I was a shy, introverted person. I didn't like to uh, to speak, didn't like to be the center of attention. But even that is a gift from God, because the introverts, they are more keen to listening, not just what is said, but also what is not being said. You know, we look at body language, you look at everything, because for years we trained ourselves to be observants. And uh, and not you know not be engaged as, as the center of attention. So that gives us the the ability to become uh, you know now lately as I as I'm writing my book my my second book, I, I every time I, I look at a at a page, I'm, I consider myself as a painter and I'm using God's words to paint what God wants to project. That's beautiful. You know, the, the t whole time you were talking and giving such great encouragement, and I hope that, that the listeners really heard every word you said about how much God loves us and created us for a purpose. I kept thinking about hope. What you were talking about is, is hope. People mm -hmm. need that hope. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how beneficial it can be to go see a pastor, about mm -hmm. some of the resources that you, you might have for them? Because we want people to get help if they're struggling. Yes, absolutely. Um, the recommendations that we make to individuals, and, and I often tell them, you know, sometimes people complain that they were in the hospital and nobody came to visit them. But mm -hmm. then I ask, did you call anyone? Did you let anyone know that you were in the hospital? No. Right. Uh, so we, we, can't, we can't predict and anticipate that people are going to be hospitalized in need. So the, the best thing to to do, I, I often tell them, call you know, call us. Uh, we can help. Uh, we can help by providing you with resources, with individuals that can help you with your struggles. Don't try to do it uh, on on your own. Mental health is uh, um, it's a silent killer. Yeah, uh, yeah it's almost like cancer. The, mm -hmm. You can't you can't see it progressing internally but it does and uh but the individual can sense it uh in in their being we, you know we we know when those thoughts of self-harm are starting to come come our way and 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 then we start progressing into planning how we might uh, how we're going to do this i was a perfect planner i uh, i think my plan was uh, was perfectly sealed so that uh no one would ever know that it was a suicide. It was it was going to be an accident. Right, yeah. right. You um, got so yeah. we tell them, you know, there are professionals uh, that can help you. As pastors, we can pray for you. There is power in prayer. Yes. You know, God, God did it for me, and, and and I certainly can do it, 
can do it for you. Uh, but we need to we need to use both uh, both tools that God has given us. God has given us wonderful professional doctors that can help us uh, alleviate the uh, the pain, the anxiety through medication, through therapy. There is, and there is nothing shameful about going to to therapy. Many Christians feel feel that. that Therapy, you know, that uh, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, that they're not for them. There's, there's a shame aspect associated with that, and there isn't. Yeah, and if they feel that strongly about, you know, needing the Christian uh, focus, there mm -hmm. are people who are trained as biblical counselors. Yes. There are also licensed therapists who specifically practice as a Christian counselor. So... You know, for, for individuals that are going through difficult issues, mental health, uh, low self-esteem, I usually tell them, you know, the best thing that they can do is learn each day about who God is, mm -hmm. uh, learn about who you are and why God created you, and that God loves you, that your family loves you, the community needs you, and that God will always be near you to, uh, to guide and, and help you through. And then what I tell the other side is, you know, the, the community, the, the church, the parents, uh, the friends, that love is the way to help the individuals to, mm -hmm. to get back and to find the light. Uh, judging or, you know, making biblical affirmations that this person's faith is not strong enough, and that's the reason that they're in that situation, that is not the case. Um, and, um, and and that's an error that is often seen in in some some churches. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but uh, but, <laughs> I, but I could it, name some too. I mean, it, it's true. It is still it is error. You know, and it, it, God did not call us to be the body of Christ to judge others. He's right. reserved the judgment for Himself when He comes back. Right. He sent us to. Uh, you know, to go and make disciples of all. And the way to make disciples of all is by showing them God's love, even when the chips are down, you know, when no one else is, is around to help, it, the Christian church, the body of Christ needs to be there to help the individuals that are, you know, suffering with uh, low self-esteem or other types of mental illnesses. Now, before we sign off, I want to give you a chance to quickly tell about this book. You you have one book that's out and you mm -hmm. said you're writing in another book. So mm -hmm. share a little bit about that. Um, okay, thank you. The um, I, I wrote the, the Blood of My Blood, which is a daily Bible meditation. Um, I wrote it primarily for my children and my grandchildren and great-grandchildren that don't yet exist because... Um, since confirmation class, my kids uh, stopped coming to church. That's common with our it, it was so difficult to get them back. And mm. they came on special occasions. Yes, they go to baptisms and, and weddings. And uh, even for their own children, they, you know, they, they go there. But mm. church was not uh, the main focus. So I decided to write uh, this Bible meditation book so that I would tell them uh, in four to five minute, you know, write-ups daily uh, about our life, about our faith, about the God that loves them, about how valuable they are, and all, everything that they need to know in order to make it through the 
difficult life challenge that they're going to have. I wrote it to give them confidence in the Bible because currently the Bible is being uh, given such a bad rap. Yes. Uh, you know what people say about the Bible. And so uh, throughout my writings, I, I tell them, yeah, the Bible is the complete word of God. It is infallible. It does not have discrepancies. We can reconcile all of the yes. discrepancies when we ask God to help us understand the reason why he tells a story from one perspective and the same story or perhaps another story from a different perspective. And um, and and the other one, uh, the other reason why I wrote the book is to reinforce and strengthen their faith in the fellowship and in the community of the body of Christ. Uh, oh, the, amen. The body of Christ is so important. We cannot be lone Christians. Uh, the enemy is a bully and he's going to take advantage of us. We might come to faith and give our life to Christ, but if we stay at home and never interact with another Christian, we're going to be taken advantage of. And so I wrote the I wrote the book. It's um, 366 days of meditations. That's so great. <laughs> five minutes a day. Uh, they include uh, color pictures of our family travels. And so um, I decided to make the book available to everyone. Uh, I was going to publish only 20, uh, 20 books for my immediate family. Mm -hmm. But then friends and, uh, and and colleagues, they encouraged me to make it public, uh, which which I did. And, and it's so important that everyone, you know, I think grandparents and parents like um, have the opportunity to purchase this book and give it a give it to their grandchildren so that they can see that God can take something that seems ready for the junk pile and make something new and beautiful out of it. And, and that's what God did in my life. Oh, Oscar, that is that is just beautiful. And I'm going to have to get this book because uh, I love the reasons that you wrote the book to to show the truth of scripture and to show the importance of the body in Christ. I'm going to have information in the show notes about your book. And so people will have an easy way to get the link and, and get that book because it sounds great. Um, you know, I have really enjoyed listening to you today. I can, I can hear even more of your stories. And so maybe we can do that another time even. So that would be wonderful, Karen. I, I would love that. I really would. Thank you for being here today. And um, we will look forward to finding out about that book. Thank you Thank so much for being here, Oscar. Thank you for having me, Carolyn. God bless. God bless. Thank you for joining me today. This is Carolyn Cooper with In God's Corner Ministry. Please subscribe and be a regular participant in these shows. I would love to hear your comments, questions, and suggestions. You'll find my email and other information in the show notes. Have a blessed day. Again, thank you for joining me.